Hey everyone, and welcome to Be The Leader You Deserve podcast, where my mission is to inspire you to ask yourself, are you the leader you deserve? Hi, I'm Jill Handley, and I am so excited to be here with you today. This is season six, episode eight, how to win big with small steps. So this season, we've been talking about things that leaders need in order to support themselves and their staff. We've talked about strategies for developing more self-compassion, starting and sticking to better habits, setting boundaries, and combating compassion fatigue. Well, today I am so excited because my dear, dear friend Jamie is joining the podcast. Yay! Um, Now you hear me talk about the importance of accountability partners, and Jamie is one of my accountability partners. So before 2022 began, we both talked about goals that we had for the new year and the strategies that we were going to use to put them in place and achieve them. Now the thing is, is that um, we've known each other for over 15 years, and I'm pretty sure we follow the same routine every (laughs) single year. And every single year, We're back to setting a lot of the same goals because, yep, you guessed it, we either gave up or gave in before the previous year was was done. Sound familiar? So a few weeks ago, we got to talking about how things were going, and we were actually really both proud of our progress that we were making so far. So we started talking about what the difference was this year, Um, and then we kind of landed on the idea that the reason why we had not been so successful in the past was because we kind of set ourselves up for some unrealistic expectations. Now, you know, you've heard me talk about me, I'm go big or go home. Uh, Well, Jamie's kind of the same way. And so we would do this, um, okay, on January 1st, I'm going to eat no sugar. I'm gonna make sure that I'm going to the gym for an hour every single day. I'm going to uh, get up and meditate every single day. I'm going, like the list goes on and on of all, you know, every, every perfection idea of every facet of my life. I was, that's, that was gonna be the new me, right? Um, But this year, we decided to approach things a little bit differently. So instead of trying to achieve perfection, we are both starting small and celebrating along the way. Um, So our conversation that we had when we were just hanging out was so good that I wanted to bring Jamie on the show because what she has to say is so great. And I know that all of you all are going to resonate with it. So welcome, Jamie. Thank you so much. Gosh, I hope so. That's that sounds like big shoes to fill. I'll do my best. <laughs> well, you've gotten me through the last 15 years, so um, I'm so excited to have you here same, with, same. Uh, with, so our listeners can get some of this greatness. Uh, you know, I can't tell you how many times uh, that I'm talking with her. I'm like, oh, I wish we were recording right now because that is so good. <laughs> so this time I was like, you know what? We are going to record because you and I both know that, you know, some of the greatest ideas and successes come from when you're talking with your besties. So um, let's go ahead and get started. So I think the first idea of what I talked about going big or going home is going to resonate with so many of our listeners. Why do you think this attitude toward achieving goal sets people up for failure so badly? Um, Well, for me personally, I feel like that we, when we decide that we want to make any kind of change to, to better ourselves, that we feel like we have to do all of the things and we have to do all of the things right now because our society is conditioned. uh, We've been conditioned over the years through so many things that we get immediate gratification. You know, the world is at our fingertips. So we can just open up an app or go to Google to get all of the answers that we need. And then, you know, if you're thinking about, 
um, you know, I've got all of this weight to lose. Well, on Biggest Loser, for example, <laughs> that whole um, idea of, oh, well, um, I can lose 100 pounds in six weeks because they did it. And um, I just think we're conditioned to think that we have to do all of the things well all of the time. And if we don't, then we just can scratch it all. I know I'm guilty of that. Like, like I was talking about, I will set all those things up and then inevitably I'll do <clears throat> five of the six things on my, on my goal list. Great. But for something will happen and I'll, you know, I'll have that Oreo cookie, that one Oreo cookie. And suddenly I'm like, oh, screw it. And that, that negative self-talk kicks in. So yeah. instead of it being, you know, there's no self-compassion instead of starting with, you know, Jill, you did really great. You've got five of those six. Um, I go right to the oh, you're such a loser. You can't even stay on this diet. You had that Oreo cookie and you start shame and the guilt sets in and then that leads to screw it. I may may as well just eat the whole pack. Yes, that's exactly what happens. And then we think the next day we forget to remind ourselves that we're still living and we're still taking on all of these goals. Um, We just scratch them all together because we've had one setback and and really just not looking at it as, as as a setback, looking at it as what did I do well today? And what am I proud of today? And you could be proud of yourself for eating that Oreo cookie because you didn't eat 10 Oreo cookies. Oh, I love that. And, and you know, and that's, that's the truth. And I think that, um, I think this topic is just so timely. I think it's going to be so well received because I think that so many of our listeners, we put so much pressure on ourselves to just, um, you know, achieve greatness all the time. But I think sometimes, and you've heard me talk about this before, I think that comes back to we equate greatness with perfectionism. And we know that we're never achieving that. And so goals with anything else, when you set yourself up like that, it, it, you are setting yourself up to fail. Because let's face it, I, I you know, I'm pretty sure even Bob Harper has a, has a, has a, has a or maybe not, but, um, you know, every, every once in a while, but yeah, that was a, that was a really good, uh, a really good example you gave is that so often we're motivated by what we, what we're, what we're consuming, whether mm-hmm. it's on TV or social media. Um, and I think the thing that we forget is that that's all edited. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, um, and we're, we're trying to achieve their edited version in live time. And, right. and I think we forget about that because it's like, those are the things that motivate me. Like I see things on, on social media all the time where I'm like, oh, and so in some respect, I think it's good to motivate us, but not to the point to where it, we're kind of too hard on ourselves. Absolutely. I saw a meme just this morning that said, People who tell me to go big or go home underestimate um, how much I want to just go home. (laughs) So I I think that's true, like where we get these big ideas in our head and then, oh gosh, I slipped a little, so um, I'm just going to curl up in a ball and forget about it. Well, that immediate gratification, that, that hits home as well because I say all the time, you know, if I could spend one week on healthy eating and, 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 you know, three workouts and have some semblance of looking different, that would motivate me to go f- forward. But the problem is, is that like anything that you're working on to, to have sustainable change, it takes time. And so all of those overnight successes typically start to unravel. And so I think giving ourselves grace with that is important. Yeah, we think that we, if we're not seeing the results that we want at the end right away, then we might as well give up because we, we want to see them immediately. When 
truth is we didn't get this way. We didn't develop any of these habits overnight. Absolutely not. And I know we've talked about, um, you know, you something that you're, you're so good at is uh, really trying to think about um, the amazing things that you do in your classroom and applying the approaches that we take as educators with kids that are successful approaches. Why don't, if, if we as educators know what works when we're educating and growing kids and developing children, why don't we apply some of those same great things to ourselves? And, and you'd given, when we talked earlier, you'd given a really great example of kind of that progress monitoring, not expecting mm-hmm. kids to have this um, unrealistic growth in, in a short amount of time. So, so as educators, we, we know that that's good practice. So why do we not apply that to ourselves? It's the same for anything. Like we, we do that with, with our friends, with our family. We don't have the same expectations for anybody that we have on ourselves. But if we stop and think about the progress that our students make over um, a year, it's, it's a very well thought out planned system. And any good change is going to take that well thought out plan system. Just for instance, you know, uh, looking at, at our state standards in education, and I think about, you know, standards, um, you know, they flow from kindergarten all through a school career. So we don't expect a kindergartner to know how to find the main idea of a text um, the way that we expect a third grader to know it. So we have scaffolds put in place and we have small goals put in place. And even though everyone's in a different place, we have to make sure that all those gaps are filled in. And it's the same for our personal life. We have to make sure that even though I'm eating right today, what gaps do I have in there that I need to fill in to make sure that I'm doing that tomorrow as well? That's so important. I know a lot of times those gaps, um, are not even physical gaps. Sometimes right. there's, there's a psychological yes. the stories we tell ourselves. Yep. Um, you know, I think that when we, we get to a place with our health or our body images, um, it comes, it doesn't always come from a physical place. Yeah. And so I, I think I love that filling in the gaps idea when a lot of times the gaps have nothing to do with what you're doing physically. Absolutely. So this year we both decided to start small and celebrate and give ourselves grace. Can you talk about what that's looked like for you and some of the strategies that you've put in place? Yeah, so um, of course my, my number one goal is always to be healthier. Um, and, and, and honestly, um, it's taken me years to have that as the goal. The goal was always, oh, I have to lose this amount of weight. And that's not my goal anymore. It's unrealistic for me um, and it's too much pressure. So I've changed it to, I wanna be healthy. I wanna feel healthy and I wanna look healthy. Um, and I don't really care what the scale says anymore. So I know that I've grown in that aspect. Um, and to be healthy, I have to make a lot of changes. And I know that I can only make small ones. So for instance, I hate to keep going back to the diet thing, but it's kind of what it is right, right now. So um, for instance, my husband and I decided that instead of eliminating all processed foods, that, you know, yes, we're still going to get um, a snack cracker for the evening, but it's going to be something baked and we're going to actually count it out, you know, um, just just to kind of keep track. Or instead of uh, that full fat ice cream, we're going to we're going to get the low carb ice cream and we're going to really measure out what we do and be proud of that um, and just make those small swaps right now. Make that a habit and then move forward from there. And that those small steps. And then so how's that going? It's going great, actually. It really is. It's, it's, um, I'm really giving myself grace and um, allowing myself, um, you know, just mentally 
um, stopping and thinking about everything I do and taking things moment by moment, honestly. And how good does that feel compared to previous years? Because I know previous years it would have been, oh, I really want that ice cream. And so I don't know, I mean, listeners, if you're like me, the moment I think I can't have something, that's all I think about. Like I almost become hyper obsessed with it. So taking this approach, it's not like you're eliminating anything. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, and I know like we, and we've, you talked about 15 years as friends and I know one year we said we were going to meal prep and share our meals. I think we did it one time. (laughs) And then one year we joined the Y and we said, we're going to get up and go work out before work. We did it one time and we had a lot of fun doing it, but we did not stop and think about the sustainability of it in the rest of our lives. And we didn't stop and make those really planned choices to schedule things realistically. Um, we just went head first and, um, you know, it stopped. So, um, you just really have to think about those things that you're willing to do today, right now. And how can I build upon that tomorrow? Well, and then, you know, what, what plan do you have for that? I think right. you hit the nail on the head was that, yeah, we, we could go on and on about <laughs> our New Year's resolutions every year of how we were getting healthy. And, and we you know, I could probably go back and find the text or the pictures of our food we'd send to each other. We're like, yeah, so proud of you. And then inevitably it'd be like crickets for a couple of days. And it, or there's that shame that comes across mm-hmm. it, you know, like I just, you know, didn't eat all day and I was starving. So I grabbed, you know, pizza you know order pizza on the way home and it was that shame and guilt that set in so it was like yes an accountability partner is good but you don't ever want to feel shame for yourself or with your you know you should never have get to the point to where what you're doing, what you're admitting is, is, is bringing shame to you. Right. And absolutely. I, and I think when we set those unrealistic goals for ourselves, whether it's professional or personal, if admitting that you didn't accomplish everything that you set out to accomplish in one day is going to bring shame, then I would say that your plan has got to have some readjustment. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm laughing. I do have to tell. Jamie talked about how we joined the Y. We were so excited. We got up. We were at a five o'clock spin class. Keep in mind, neither of us had never had ever been to spin class before. I'm pretty sure we were the youngest who there by about 25 yeah. years. And so they were like, look at the J&J corner. And like, we were literally like looking at each other thinking like, when is this going to be over? I think I was sore for like two weeks. Yeah. Um, then we thought we'd slow it down and we tried a Tai Chi class. Uh, it, it could go on and on. So, so again, to J- I'm just going to circle back around to Jamie's point is that I think we're so eager to um, see the results that we don't always think about the realistic plan and and I'm so glad again I know I said this before but you bringing up the biggest loser like I think that that's critical because we consume so much social media these days And I, I, I'm not, I don't know about you, but I can't be on any platform to where I can't scroll past two slides to where it's not, would you like to look like this? Right. How about this? Um, people, you know, because people have got a lot of side hustles. And, yeah. and, and so, you know, it's doing what it's intending to do, which is suck you in. And so uh, we have to be mindful that if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Yes. And that whole, what part of something sparks joy for us, the whole Marie Kondo thing and if it sparks joy for me, how can I incorporate that into my small steps? Absolutely. Um, so when we talked before, um, 
you really started you started thinking about how successful your school days are mm -hmm. um, and all the decisions that you put into that to make sure they are successful. And then you start sharing with me, you know what? It was like an epiphany one day. Um, and I don't know about you all listeners, but there are times to where something comes to me and it really is an epiphany to me. And I'm thinking like, that seems so simple. Yes. Why am I just now thinking of this? Yes. So, and that's kind of the way you described it as well. So can you talk a little bit about like some of the things that you're like, wow, if this is a good practice with developing kids, how can I apply that to my life? So talk to us about some of the things that you're, that you've been doing with that. Absolutely. Well, the first one I would say is just, I, you know, I'm self proclaimed. Um, I have ADHD. <laughs> I am, you know, I get these grandiose ideas like just mid sentence. So um, I've, I've found that having a routine and a schedule um, works so great for kids. They need to know um, at the beginning of the day what their day is going to look like. And they need to know if there's going to be any changes in their schedule that day because they need to mentally prepare for it. Well, why is it any different for me? Um, so I have found that it actually sparks joy for me to um, write down my schedule and what is it that I want to accomplish today, even if it's just that positive self-talk. Like I'm going to find... 15 minutes to talk to myself and, and reward myself because that's what I do for my kids and my students. That's what I, I know that they need. Um, as well as this whole scaffolding idea, you know, I'm scaffolding my small steps um, to get to the bigger picture, just like we do for them. Um, and then there's, of course, um, grace. Um, you know, we all have, have to give each other that. Um, I give that to my students every day, all day. Um, but then actually um, having an accountability piece with that grace. So yes, you have grace because of this, but I need you to be accountable to A, B, or C. And then, um, you know, just making sure that the end goal is always in sight and we're, we're, um, we're scaffolding our learning. So how do you, how do you establish accountability for yourself? Um, well, without, without the shame and guilt. Oh, good question. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe you can tell me that. Um, I, I don't. Um, not, not very well, at least. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I'm getting there. Um, you know, I have um, the whole imposter syndrome for every single thing that I do, and I'm working on that. Um, but I do um, tell myself, um, like I said earlier, I didn't get this way overnight. The habits that I've developed have been years and years of um, conditioning between um, society, social media, and myself, my upbringing, and everything else. So, I um, mean, just things that I've told myself. So, um, again, with the small steps and just finding those small things to um, try to turn turn my negative into a positive um, as much as possible. But again, that's something I'm working on. I think we all are, and I mm -hmm. think it's okay to admit that um, and admit that I'm working on it. Seeing working on things as a positive versus how I'm working on it as a negative. Yeah. So really celebrating that, that working on it. Yeah. Um, so you've talked a lot about sparking joy. Um, and Marie Kondo, who is one of my very favorites. Um, and so you and I've talked a lot about this. In fact, we've had a lot of people on our staff really talking about this year. They're really being intentional with prioritizing things in their life that only spark joy. But we know that that means, uh, in order to do that, you have to set some boundaries. And yes. that's not always easy, particularly with those that we love. Uh, but if we're gonna be growing and sparking joy, then I think that that's something we have to do. Can you give a couple of examples of how you've, you've done that? Sure, definitely. And I, I do think that um, with all of the horrible things that have come out of the pandemic, just um, 
we're all, we're all a little bit more self-aware of what sparks joy because we've had kind of had that idle time to figure out, wow, this, this, whatever it is brings joy. Um, and, um, before, before the pandemic, I was definitely, um, a person who put my needs last. So for instance, with my own, own children, um, that I've birthed, you know, um, if I was doing something that I enjoyed, um, and they needed me in the moment, um, you know, hear me if, if it was an emergency, obviously I would drop everything for anyone, um, especially my children. But, but just recently, um, I was reading for pleasure, which is my favorite thing to do. And, uh, my daughter needed me, um, is she really didn't need me. She needed me for something that I have always done for her that she can do for herself. And so, um, you know, I just texted her back and said, Hey, I'm here if you have any questions, but I'm going to um, pass because I'm doing something for myself right now. Um, but I think you can do it. And she did it. And man, that felt great. And, um, the same with, um, I have a student teacher right now and, um, I set boundaries immediately with him and, and that is so out of my comfort zone. And I just said, you know, um, between this time and this time in the morning is my time for myself. So, you know, if you, if you need something to do during that time, I can give it to you, but leave me alone. <laughs> and, and I hate to be that blunt, but because I'm not that blunt, I usually sugarcoat things, um, to my demise because, um, I end up miscommunicating, um, and so I had to be as clear as, as I could. And we know that clear is kind. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm so proud of you for that. because Because boundary setting is hard, yep. uh, particularly for those of us and those of you listening who um, are conditioned to feel like, one, you are putting your needs last, mm-hmm. and two, uh, you want to be superwoman or superman and, and, and be able to say yes to everybody. Um, and that's, that's one of the things we talked about in the earlier episode is that that's part of those healthy boundaries that you're setting is, is one, that self-awareness that you just talked about, yeah. recognizing that in yourself, that, um, you know what, I do say yes all the time, and then there's no time left for myself. Um, and then I think that particularly when it comes to our own children, that's for me, that's the hardest place. But I know I've been really trying to work on that as well. Um, Two things that you said that really, that I wrote down that really kind of um, reminded me of something I talked about in an earlier episode was that intentional time for self. The reason why so many people shy away from that is because they equate it with like self-indulgence and that feels guilty. Like, like, so if I said something like, ignore the world and just do you, that feels self-indulgent. But yes. when you're thinking about um, taking time for yourself so that, because that time for you kind of refilled your bucket, your, you know, so that now you have things to pour out. And the other thing it did was it really modeled for your daughter, you know what, it's okay to take time for self. Absolutely. And that's something that I need to work on better is that I think um, as parents, sometimes we feel like we have to be available 24 seven to our children's every waking need. And I know that I've been guilty of this um, because I think that's what good parents do. But not only is that depleting all of my time and energy and not leaving any time for self, but it's also probably not modeling for my girls what what you know good time for yourself looks like and so i'm really proud of you, um, you. for doing that because i know that's not easy um but but i think people at the same time 
I think people appreciate that. I know I appreciate that when people are very clear with me. Yep. And it's like, okay. Now, not everybody appreciates directness. And that's and that's the thing. But that's not a you problem. That's a them problem. Right. As long as you're doing it in a, in a, a way that is, <laughs> is a little gentle. I'm not always the most gentle. When I, so I'm working on that as well. And I know I just want to make one more point when you were talking about modeling. Um, we've talked about this before, too, and it might be another podcast. But we've talked about how our mothers, you know, we the two of us are in our late yes. 40s. And our mothers were sort of that first generation of working outside the home moms. Mm-hmm. But let's face it, they were also working inside the home. Yes. And so they were navigating new new territory and trying to figure all of that out. So our models were doing it all. They really were doing every single thing, all of the things. And they felt like a failure if they weren't doing all of the things. So those were our models and they weren't a failure but that's just what was modeled to us. So I feel like our generation really has to kind of erase some of that. That is a really good point, is that I think we all know that who we are are a direct result of the conditions and how we were raised and yep. what we were exposed to. And to your point, yeah, like that that superwoman, like that I saw my mom doing that. Yep. And so, you know, in your mind, when you're raised with that and that's all that you see, you think that that's all that there is. Right. So combine the need to do everything with the immediacy of people's expectations. Yes. That can really um, cause people to spiral out of control. So yeah. I think um, if our listeners haven't considered that, uh, that we were conditioned yeah. <laughs> to, to try to do it all. And, and again, that's unrealistic. And so as a result, how do we, um, how do we reformat it? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good thought. It. Yeah, you know, and I, I love the whole spark joy thing too. Uh, that's something that I'm really working on as well. Um, is is I'm the first one to give and give and give, and I schedule I schedule all my time like I really do, but I'm usually trying to fill it up with different things. And then when I when somebody asks me something, I'm I'm the first one to say like, oh no, I really need to study or. No, I've got, you know, a big project at work I'm working on. And so this year, you know, I'm really focusing on, I know, gosh, a couple of years ago, you gave me the book, The Year of Yes. Yes. And so that's, that's kind of my mantra this year is like, it's the year of yes for me. Like I am really trying to say yes to things and being mindful of what sparks joy. So, so I would recommend to our listeners that one, if you, if you're not familiar with Marie Kondo, she does do more than fold clothes, yep. <laughs> <laughs> which does. by the way, that's a, that's a great strategy too. You, I feel felt so a couple of years ago, I started going to her method of folding and it really did change my life. Uh, but just her whole idea of sparking joy. So if you're not familiar with Marie Kondo, uh, please, please, please look into her stuff yes. and, and, and take it seriously about that sparking joy because that mindset change alone is, is truly a game changer. Absolutely. And then the year of yes, I would encourage you. And I talked about this a little while ago, but what are you saying yes to? And it's not always professionally. What are you saying yes to personally? And what are you saying no to that you should be saying yes to? Right. And swapping those two things I love out. It. All right. All right. So you've given so many great takeaways today, but if you could give our listeners just one piece of advice on the road, because many of our listeners are driving on the way to and from work, um, as it relates to establishing new habits and having self-compassion, what would that be? Um, well, I would say uh, for me, it has been um, in the morning on my on my drive. I think, um, where is it that I want to be um, this time tomorrow? Um, and how can I take small steps today to get there? I love that. Chunking your days. Yes, absolutely. Chunk- and, and celebrating. Yeah, and chunking those goals up. Yeah. And, and give- celebrating. <laughs> and giving it grace. 
Yes. <laughs> because we're all human. All right, Jamie, last question. And for our listeners who've listened before, um, you know what's coming. Uh, what are three words that others who know you would use to describe you? Okay. Well, I'm going to say lifelong learner, hyphenated word. <laughs> um, I would say compassionate. And I'm going to say this is somebody who knows me, me. And I'm going to say enough. Oh, I love that. Oh my goodness. That touches yeah. my soul right there. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. All right. Well, next week, Jamie's going to be back with us. Woo! and I'm so excited <laughs> because she's going to be talking about specific ways. She kind of alluded to some generalities today that she's applied her successful classroom practices to her personal life to achieve her goals. But next week she's going to give kind of like, um, for those of you who are familiar with the fundamental five, she's going to talk about how applying the fundamental five to her personal life. Can't wait. All right, leaders, as you go about your week, I challenge you to think about your approach to habits and goals. Are you setting SMART goals or are you expecting perfection and setting yourself up for failure? Remember, celebrate the small steps because they turn into big wins. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, How to Win Big with Small Steps, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of the post. I would really love to hear your thoughts about this season so far. I've been focusing a whole lot on personal and professional growth and support because let's face it, as leaders, there's never been a time that we've needed it more. What resonates most with you this season? What strategies are you finding to be most successful in your journey to be self-compassionate? Send me a message on Twitter or tag me with your ideas using the hashtag BeTheLeaderYouDeserve. Now, if this is your first episode or if you've not listened to the entire first, second, third, fourth, fifth, or not started this sixth season, I would really love to know what you think. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts to make sure you are one of the first to get automatic episode updates every Friday morning. In fact, do it right now. Stop what you're doing unless you're driving, then make a mental note to do it when you get to where your location is and go in the upper right-hand corner and press subscribe. All right, and don't forget to like and follow me on Twitter to get more frequent updates, quotes, and inspiration to carry you throughout the week. We have a Be The Leader You Deserve Twitter page and also my personal page. I post on both. And finally, please take a minute to leave an honest review on Apple Rating and rating on Apple Podcasts. They really do help out when it comes to the ranking of the show, and I make it a point to read every single one of the reviews that I get. All right, leaders, have a great week, and don't forget to ask yourself, am I the leader I deserve, and what am I doing about it?